Looking for work? Better pay? Better work environment? We can help. Call Kelly Jobs today at 502-425-7131 to speak with a recruiter today. Score a better job with us. Call 502-425-7131 or visit kellyjobs.com. That's kellyjobs.com. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. For the drive with Mark Ennis, presented by Fitness Market on 93.9 The Ville. Fitness Market is Louisville's premier location for home and commercial fitness equipment and electric bikes. Find them online at thefitnessmarket.com. Now here's Mark Ennis and Biggest Biscuit, also known as Dave Skull. Welcome back into the drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis, Dave Skull. The phone lines are open, 8150-939-3831-939 for the UPS Jobs text line if you wish to hit us up that way. You're welcome to interact with us that way uh, as well. We have been talking about uh, the disappointment that was the Georgia Tech game and, in the women's case, uh, the, the Notre Dame loss. Obviously, I think a lot more to be... It's weird, Dave, I think, to get a lot more to be encouraged about out of the women's game, obviously. Uh, but you, it, in a weird way, like you're disappointed that you haven't been able to really break through in almost any of those games this year. But you really feel like you, you're you this close to in in all of them. Yeah. To where, to where like, if you tell me, okay, you know, they, they've, they've beaten – Everybody, they're pretty much everybody they're supposed to, and they won a couple of good games. Uh, but if you tell me, like, hey, they're going to win the ACC tournament, I, the amount, like, it'd be zero percent shocked by that. Oh, I promise you, that's like that's really not out of the realm of possibility at all. You know, there's not a team in the ACC that I look at and say that Louisville can't beat. Uh, and it's not. I mean, look at look at all their games against the top of the ACC. Uh, who blew them out? I mean, the honestly, NC State was a neck and neck game until Louisville literally couldn't throw it into the ocean in the fourth fourth quarter. Yeah. They just couldn't do it. Um, the Duke game was close the entire way, ended up being a seven point loss, and then Virginia Tech was a one one to two possession game for the last three quarters of the game. Louisville ended up losing by two points. Uh, the first Notre Dame game, they beat North Carolina, they beat Florida State. The first Notre Dame game was overtime, lost by a bucket at the buzzer, and then last night was a one-possession loss. I mean, it's that they were ahead of for the majority of the game. You know, it's they are right there, and the ACC is top to bottom, probably I'd say the best or second-best conference in the country. It's hard to argue with the top of the Big Ten right now, um, with Indiana and Iowa in the top ten, Michigan, um, uh, Ohio State and Maryland all right there as well. Uh, their top five is as good as anybody's top five, but ACC is really deep, you know, to the point where they're probably going to get nine teams in um, this year. But they're battle tested, that's for sure, and they're right there. They're not getting like they, they they're so close to being on that like four or five seed line if they could have just pulled out two of these games you know <laughs> like one or two of these games and not lost that wake forest game that's really the last 
bad mark on their resume. Um, but honestly, they were in the like we talk about how disappointing or people have been so disappointed with this team or this season all year, and it's really more of a testament to what Jeff's done over the last 15 previous years because at the end of the day, they're still the four seed in the ACC tournament. They have a double bye and a very tough conference. Um, I'd say before the Notre Dame game yesterday, there was still a scenario where if they won the ACC tournament and beat Notre Dame that they could have possibly scrounged out that number four seed uh in the ac in the ncaa tournament and still hosted but losing that notre dame game i think took that off the table uh but they could still get up to that five seed line i think uh if they if they make a run in the ac tournament um but this team is right there they've been on the verge i feel like we've been talking about this for three months they've been on the verge um and I just the the talent levels there. They've got the type of players, the strong backcourt that you need to make a run in the NCAA tournament. A player like Mikasa Robinson to go off of a continued pulse uh, talking point on the phone call. Like senior day was very charged yesterday. Um, Mikasa is going to be and is one of the most beloved players ever to come through uh, this program and should be. It's a shame that like things like. Um, retired numbers and everything we have a standard it's great but like you have to you know win a championship or be a first team consensus all-american you know those type of things to get your 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 jersey retired but i feel like she should be recognized uh at least for what she's done i mean she's gonna be probably the defensive player of the year in the acc she's been all defensive uh, first team the last two years uh in the conference and the best coaching move Jeff has done all year was when he embraced Mikasa as the the primary ball handler on offense and moved her to uh, to really the point guard position. And she she just gets this team into the offense better than anybody else. She doesn't stop basically until she hits the ACC logo. Is kind of her mark every time uh, she gets that ball across. She doesn't turn the ball over like everybody else. Uh, at a different clip, she has the best assist to turnover ratio in the league since she's uh she's maybe in the league period it was 2.68 to to one uh she's just a phenomenal player and it's hard to put into words the amount of heart she plays with she's relentless and she's irreplaceable really uh and her senior day was was extremely emotional and narika's was ridiculous she's been my favorite i'm a huge fan of narika kono for lots of reasons she just seems like an incredible person uh and she's very joy joyful on the court and has the best smile and we all love narika and she's i think a phenomenal player uh you could see it when she plays with the japanese national team and she just with her her course load and stuff at different times she hasn't been able to be as impactful on the court for louisville um but it was so awesome to see her there with uh with her parents and the video they made for her was was absolutely yeah. uh just just a you know arrow to the heart like it was not a dry in the house it was pretty incredible and obviously liz dixon was amazing uh she's been really solid down the down the stretch and been great for this program and the three transfers uh, josie morgan and cc um but this team is right there it's right there and we're just uh I, I would not be surprised if they break through th- in the ACC tournament, and that's where they get some of these big wins in the tournament setting where Jeff has been so good. Um, but I'm looking forward to seeing what they do. I always remind people that that Shoney Schimmel team that went to the national championship game and beat Baylor with Brittany Griner and had the biggest upset in NCAA oh, in women's NCAA history was a five seed with double digit losses. Like, this is it's doable. 
It's happened before, and it's happened with this coach. 81-50-93-9. That's uh, the number if you'd like to get in here. 38-31-93-9 for the UPS jobs. Text line, you're welcome to hit us up uh, that way as well about either uh, of those two teams or those games. Yeah, look, sometimes you've got teams, Dave, that uh, – they don't figure out till the very end. Yeah. You mentioned the 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 Shoney Schimmel team, that 2013 team, and obviously on the men's side, the 2012 team. 2012, yeah. Didn't figure it out until the week of the Big East tournament. Yeah. Uh, and boy, did they, they figure it out though. Yeah, they absolutely figured it out uh, from there forward and ended up in a Final Four and, and being the team that was most competitive with Kentucky in the entire tournament uh, that year, really. Uh, so it, it certainly can happen. It would not shock me if it did on their side. Uh, on on the women's side, I'm obviously not quite as uh, optimistic about the men's side. Uh, figuring out anything uh, dramatic, I think they sort of are what they are, and that's really I think the the most disappointing part about the Georgia Tech game is just the feeling that no, we really are still like that kind of that version that's very demoralizing to watch. Like it's still very much in there. Yeah, it ha- that's not gone. We're still the four win team that we've been watching all year and that was kind of the worst gut punch of that's like oh maybe we haven't figured anything out (laughs) that's clearly on the defensive end we haven't and that's that's the worst part about it such a frustrating team to watch man i I can tell you like we cannot and we won't or else that it will be the end of it but we just can't do anything anywhere close to this next year like it's can't do it well that i i listen i completely agree with that we we can't do anything close uh, to this but i you know i i really feel like it's sort of a like there's it's a two-edged sword here with kenny like if we really are going to to kind of wash our hands of this season and make and agree with kind of the idea that the vast majority of what's gone on this year is about the the players and not him, then we're going to err on the side of discontinuity. We're going to turn this roster over heavily. But I think that that, like, that creates immediately the expectation that it's a whole lot better right away. Like You don't get to have, like, this is the roster's problem and have massive turnover and get to push for gradualism at the same time. Like for next year, that we don't get to do like well 500 next year, and then we'll see about the third year, and then maybe but like we don't if if he's great and these guys are incorrigible, it needs to look 75 percent better next year, don't you think? Yeah. Like that's fair, right? Yeah, I think it's absolutely fair. I mean, it just we've we've established at this point that just because it was the bottom fell out this year and it was even worse than last year doesn't mean we adjust expectations dramatically going forward not saying that you're expected to go to a final four next year or anything but nobody's going to be okay with 10 to 12 wins it's just not they're not and i think uh, josh was pretty clear about that josh heard was pretty clear about that last week you're talking about his comments to uh to blankenbaker about like we're not trying to do 500 yes yeah 100% no I, I don't think you can you can do both I think the scariest like the worst case though day like the worst thing that can happen is you err on that side and say all right we're gonna 
do whatever we've got to do to turn the roster over the way that everyone is is saying is 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 needed and then it's just not turned over with good players like that's i think the worst part is there being some sort of like completely blowing it if you err on the side of, of turning the roster over and then just not turning it over with good guys like it can't just be we'll do our best here like it's i need a plan for all of it don't you like isn't it like it, it can't i don't think i'm content to be like and we'll see what he does like no you, it's got to be you got to nail it you mean this off season yeah yes. absolutely 100 percent. but the thing is like i don't think we're necessarily going to know all of the ins and outs of his plan you know what i mean like he's going to have a they'll have an exit interview on the season you know and they'll have a conversation and there's going to be a very detailed answer i'm sure for everyone of josh Hurd's questions um but we may not be party to all of them you know like there's going to be some outward changes for sure you're going to see the roster turnover there might be staff changes uh probably some kind of staff changes because that's what happens after four and 28 um but i don't know if we'll necessarily hear everything spelled out to this point i don't think we have and i don't know if if that's going to change going into next year maybe that might be a talking point you need to be a little more out in the community you know you need to be a little more um detail when you talk to louisville fans because they can handle it you know what i'm saying like the 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 platitudes or the broad statements and those type of things aren't aren't going to play with this fan base um that might be part of it well, I, I think that, like, Jeff Greer has, has kind of hit on this, and I think he's right in doing so. Like, early on, it was cute when Kenny was like, I, I, I like to hide things. Sure. You know, the, the moves in silence thing. Real G's I, move in silence like lasagna. Yeah, all that. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> I have to, like, when you go four and, say, four and 27, four and 28, I think you forfeit a lot of that yeah the privilege like of silence I'm, well yeah, yeah i'm privacy. well and why is that because at four and 28 i don't care what happened you've you've lost the benefit of the doubt yeah and i'm and i'm not saying i root against him or that i know he'll fail i'm saying there's a inherent in sort of a, a coach not telling you what's going on or whatever is the assumption, the belief, or the faith, or whatever that like you definitely believe they know what they're doing, and if you don't hear about it, well, you know, his track record speaks for itself. If Jeff Walls keeps quiet about something, he's earned the right to do that, right? Yeah. But when you're no, it, when you're it, unproven and you have a terrible year like they've had this year, I would hope that there is some awareness from Kenny that. He's got some overcorrecting to do. It's one of the things they, that bothered me so much about Scott Satterfield was that I never, ever got the feeling from him that he thought he had any work to do with the fans. Right. That he, that I never felt with him that he felt like he had any overcorrecting to do for having kind of burned through so much goodwill with the whole South Carolina thing or just had the sense that like people would didn't really believe he wanted to be here and that he sort of went out of his way to sell them on that we all did it for him but he didn't really do it. and i would hope i hope that kenny is not that he's more aware and that there is some adjustment for the way he prefers to do things at least until there are not just sort of like overt questions about whether he can do it at all yeah so i think along the same lines of him like keeping it close to the vest and all that 
uh, I had talked early in the year when we lost to you know Leanne Rhymes and <laughs> and the first couple of games of the year Bellarmine and um, uh, et cetera App State App State thank you um, and what was the third one it wasn't Wichita Wright it was Wright State that's right was, I kept saying Wichita earlier in the year I knew it was a W State <laughs> and I couldn't remember Wright State um, that not only are the silence and those type of things going to get old like it, the platitudes and the and the the statements you know we're all in this together you got to stick with me i was like man that's gonna i promise you the more we lose the more that people are just gonna be like all right man like talk about something substantive you know or win games one of the two (laughs) you can't i can't have you losing games and and just telling me to stick with you with no with nothing else like it's just not gonna work people are gonna get old it's gonna get old really really quickly and it did like a lot of people got over that quick and i'm i think he did a little better over the last month to month and a half, sort of starting to talk about basketball more, you know, and specifics and, you know, being more honest after, not saying he was a liar, but he just was wouldn't talk about stuff, you know, just being, having a more honest, you know, uh, um, version of what's happening on the court and everything. Not necessarily embracing as much of it, like understanding as much of it, like I still think it was how much is actually on him, but, you know, it, it talking about the players that weren't listening and this and that and and actually specific things they weren't doing on the court which is what I wanted to hear instead of just hearing they aren't doing what I was telling them um, that's what I want to hear more from him and when they lose and when there's I want to hear him acknowledge the things that are bad and in the specifics like you can be a little the fans can handle it you know just don't say well they don't listen to me that's not good enough like all right well that's your job to make them listen so if you're if you all you say is they're not listening to me then we're just gonna say all right we'll make them listen if you get more detail and the things that you're telling them to do and how you're telling them then maybe they'll the fans will get with you a little bit more but at this point i think it's a little late like it's it's winter winter don't there's not a whole lot of uh waiting till next year left in people talking about this upcoming season i mean oh i think that just about any new coach almost regardless of record uh, unless they just knock it out of the park in year one like after year one you don't really get to do a whole lot of trust me like the 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 results have to you know we should have to trust less and understand more you know like this is about the way you do things at some point Uh, and that's the downside to me of just sort of not trying to make him responsible for any of this is we haven't done anything this year and next year it's all on you and it's all pass fail and you've just sort of passed on the entire opportunity to uh to be gradual about this by not taking any responsibility now if you don't take any now well then you get all of it later absolutely that's how it works you're in the big chair man i mean that's 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 what the money's for exactly that's what the money's for and in the current climate of college basketball there's just we can't talk about three-year rebuilds that's just not what we're doing it's not it's not how it works these days and and that's 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 when in the transfer portal era in the nil era that's just not how that's not how it's done that's not the that's not the least you're going to get 81 50 that's uh, the number if you want to get in here all right so l ellis uh and in sydney curtis most talked today uh, up with uh, with one more home game uh, coming up here, but talked a little bit uh, about 
returning perhaps for next season and what they are thinking about with senior day coming up. Uh, if we could start with L. Ellis, if we could play clip one uh, about him, uh, James, him talking about coming back next season. Hey, L, uh, you're treating tomorrow. Um, I'm like, it's your last uh, home game um, here at Louisville. So um, I was wondering um, if that means um, if you plan to at least uh, test the professional waters, um, you know, um, before you decide to uh, make a decision on using your final year um, and coming back. Yeah, my mindset right now is to test the waters and then I was going to see how everything goes and then I was going to make my decision if I'm coming back like based on that. I, Dave, I, I'm not sure what to make really of L as like a pro prospect for a couple of reasons. I think that in, a, in an odd way, he's similar to Donovan Mitchell in that he – isn't a great like natural point guard right now as he plays for Louisville, but that that's where his future is. Mm. I you know I don't think he's going to be able to play off the. But you got to be huge in the NBA. Like everyone has to be huge uh, to play off the ball uh, in the NBA. So his the place he's going to be by far most likely to be able to help a team in the league is going to be as a point guard. But he's not a great distributor. He's a scoring first guy, uh, but he's not overwhelming like physically. He's not the fastest guy, uh, but I mean, he's pretty talented. I I feel like he probably should make peace with him, like he's not going to play in the NBA, but that doesn't no. mean that he doesn't have a pro career somewhere. Uh, and look, sometimes we're wrong about these things, but I would imagine when he's talking about getting like a pro career started, like he's got to be just honest with himself about what his opportunities are really going to be and if he just wants to go ahead and get get that ball rolling get yeah. started somewhere i mean until you can make really good money playing you can overseas. live a great life six-figure contracts all over the place and you don't have to be an elite player to do it you know i mean obviously that you have to be good and you have to be a certain but like we got haji muhammad went and made a couple million dollars playing in italy you know we know larry went and played Overseas, Larry was a phenomenal player, but Larry went and made a lot of money overseas. Kyle Kirk, you know, like there's a yeah. list of players, some that you know and some that you don't, that have made a great living overseas playing playing ball, and and I think that that's probably in his future. Even if he wants to go the G League route for a little while and maybe try to get a two way contract, he might be able to do that. I mean, there's a as a bench scorer, you know, coming in and sort of being like a hibachi scorer and getting you five ten quick points but there's there's undersized score first point guards in the nba like dame lillard john morant obviously i'm naming two of the best players in the league and that's not what i'm saying about lls but i'm saying that that prototype is there you know what i'm saying like that for for a high volume scoring point guard uh in the nba but he, he could i could see him making it on a two-way contract and onto a roster in a couple of years but his future's probably not in the NBA, but I, I would, I still get the feeling from preseason to now that he's going to end up moving on. Yeah, well, I think unfortunately for L, the the biggest issue for him, like we had a texture who texted in and said, you know, if you lose LL, you lose fifty percent of your scoring off this year's team, and that's mathematically that's true, and I understand that. But L also kind of benefits from he gets to shoot all the shooting he wants to shoot. He's a high volume guy, and he's been more yeah. efficient lately, for sure. But yeah, he's 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 the focal point of this offense. But to me, like his bigger issue in terms of like whatever his pro future is, he is allergic to 
defense. Yeah, that's he, the issue. He doesn't, he doesn't like it. He saves – He. I think you can watch him and see him make business decisions all the time. And he sort of saves not only uh, his energy level and effort level, but all of it, his, his all of it, focus, attention, everything for the offensive end. And the like in the NBA, it can't be that way. So he's got some real like honest conversations about himself to have uh, as far as what his pro prospects are. But I kind of wonder if he's not one of those guys where it's like, Rather than trying to unlearn more things, that if everyone isn't better off with him, just, you go ahead and, and get that ball rolling. Yeah. And we'll just sort of try to start over all together and, and not unlearn other bad habits with him. Yeah. I agree with that. I, I, I just say, I expect him to, and you're talking like on his, his side and the team side, right? Like, yeah, uh, both. Yeah, for sure. No, I'm, I'm with that. I, I think that there's certain positions where we probably need a hard reset at and, and, point guard's really the one well i you know if nothing else like if kenny's going to talk about things like bringing in you know you just you know, wait till next year and it's going to look and you're going to see like what you're used to seeing and that sort of thing it it has to start on the defensive end like this we can't do another year of just sort of a people doing kind of the perfunctory amount of work so that they can maybe have a chance to shoot the ball again on the other end like this, if there's anywhere where this team has to be dramatically different from day one because of the attitude and abilities of the personnel you bring in, it's the defensive side. It has to be different next year. Uh, yeah, no, that, that's that'll be the biggest issue here. I mean, uh, I think Dennis Evans would be a massive first step, but the biggest failure, the biggest red flag for next year's team is defense and and. Without question. And they have to be better next year. They have to be dramatically better. And Dennis Evans would be wonderful. Would be an absolutely wonderful addition. And uh, a, we mentioned this uh, a little bit earlier, but a wonderful kind of thing to happen for Kenny that hasn't happened enough that I think you, would, you have every right in the world to be very excited about because I think, Dave, one of the biggest annoyances has been the fact that, you know, you have folks who are just dug in, you know, that Kenny is the worst ever and isn't a coach and all this stuff. And so, like, nothing is ever good. Not even the things that actually are good can't be good. And so if you are, uh, well, it doesn't matter if he shows up here because he's got to have a real coach anyway. Like, it's, it's come on. It's, it's not like that. But if you are skeptical – if you are one of those who listens to the discussion of Dennis Evans or whatever, and you're like, I'll believe it when I see it, that I think that's okay. Like, we, we have pre-celebrated so many recruiting victories in, in Kenny's short time here. I think he, I'm totally okay with you being like, let me know when he's actually signed. Oh, that, that's been the overwhelming reaction from most people that I've seen on Twitter, where it's like, man, that's exciting. Anyway, call me when he signs, <laughs> especially with this guy who's, quite frankly, he's asking out of one uh, NLI already. <laughs> so maybe even after he signs, they wouldn't be all that, <laughs> that secure. Uh, I, that's, that's also, I mean, I go down the list of guys that we've gotten excited about as a fan base. Like, I've already stopped getting excited about recruits, and I think most people uh, have as well, because it's been the ultimate, like, this is why I don't get too far into recruiting because every time somebody tells me this guy's definitely coming, he's definitely not. 
Oh, listen, I'm not going to listen to any like third degree people who are sure this is going to happen. Nope. Like, uh, you know what I mean? Like I'm because nope. they haven't been right about anything. Nope. And, and so, if they're yeah. right about this one, I still don't care because they're it, wrong about it, like it's 15 other ones. just the exception that proves the rule. That's exactly yeah. right. 100%. Yeah. I'm not going to be. And, and by the way, I also refuse to hear from anyone who's like, see, I told you, you guys should have. Like, we're not going to. Like, the first time, Dennis, when, if Dennis Evans commits, we don't get to just be like, and now there were never any recruiting issues. Yeah, like, and, we're uh, we're see, not doing that yeah. either. Right, like that's bullcrap. We're not doing that either. No. All right, eighty-one fifty ninety-three nine. That's uh, the number if you want to get in here. Jose is up next year. Jose, welcome into the drive on the Thunderbolt. What's up, bud? Hello. Um, with uh, regards to recruiting, I think that Kenny would, with their uh, level of coaching, they would need like John Wall and Demarcus oh, Cousins and Kid Gilchrist. No, I mean, look, that's the truth. Okay, we're not going to get recruits in here. Um, to solve the problem. Um, but my question on L. Ellis is, why wouldn't he just uh, put out feelers to another college? I mean, he's got a coach that's, you know, routinely throwing him under the bus. It's like, okay, you know what, I'm going to go over here for 100 grand. I think L. Ellis is probably one of the most talented offensive players UofL has had in a long time. And I, it would be uh, interesting to see how bad we would get blown out in some of these games without him. But um, you know, I'm not going to be too negative. It's, it's, uh, I felt the whole felt the same way the whole season. So, um, but regarding what Luke said a couple months ago, he said if you can't, if your uh, identity is not offense, so if you're not those players who I just mentioned, if you're not John Wall, if you're not Demarcus Cousins, then your your identity needs to be on defense. And like, um, I'm sorry, I can't remember your co-host name. But I love him. Biscuit, yeah, um, Dave Skull, yep. yeah. Um, but like, uh, like he said, if you can't, if, if you're not, you know, defense is about effort. It doesn't take talent to teach defense. And if you watch, you know, you know, I watched the Michigan Luke Hancock four three pointers game. I watch that every day. But there were our players were up in their face. I mean, these guys did not have room to breathe, and that is not being taught right now. So. I just think that um, we can expect more of the same until eventually they go their, uh, you know, U of L and Kenny go their separate ways. But um, anyway, have a great day, guys. Appreciate uh, the call there. Uh, look, I think we know where he stands. Uh, look, I, I, and you know what? Hey, I, I don't agree with him about L. Ellis. Like, I think L. Ellis is putting is is a nice player. I think he's putting up nice numbers because he, he gets a lot of the shots. Yeah, uh, and, and it's a lot like you'll have a quarterback who has what would otherwise be like whatever numbers, but he's going to win rookie of the year because he's the rookie that's starting and is getting all the passing stats for that team. And to me, like a lot of L's numbers are that. And I have a, I have a big problem divorcing L's offensive numbers from the fact that he loafs by Kenny's own words. He coasts on defense. Yeah. So, I, you know, I, he's as much a part of the problem as he is part of the answer, LLS. Like, I think he's done nicer things throughout the season on offense. I think he's gotten a little bit better with the ball and I guess, that sort dude. of thing. But I, at the same time, I, he never looks like he is just living and dying with whatever's about to happen on the defensive end, either his own play or anybody else's. He never looks like that. And 
that bothers me because that's where he's like everyone in the NBA can shoot the ball really well. Yeah, you're not where you're going to hang around isn't doing all the stuff that he doesn't seem like he really enjoys doing at all right now. Yeah, I think with L. Ellis, I think he's extremely talented, and when he edits himself, he's really, really effective. Like that's, I, I think he's very good on the offensive end, but I mean, he's just not, he's not engaged on defense, and that that makes it kind of a, even when he has a great offensive game, like man, I don't gives up a lot on the offensive or the defensive end so it's hard to hard to calculate his value to the team but I, I mean I, I think he plays a lot of hard on the offensive end and plays hard on the offensive end and he's very talented and he's won some games for us this year but we are four and 25 so <laughs> I mean that's we'll tell you but it's to address some other things he said like where he said well, I, hey, unless we've you got we've got it hold on I'm sorry Dave we've got the second clip from L where he addresses what Jose just said. They're like, why wouldn't he go somewhere else if he yeah. doesn't go? Like, if can we play that really quickly? L, um, did you consider leaving Louisville during the coaching change? That's the first part. Second part, if you do come back, will it be at Louisville? You could enter the transfer portal, of course. Um, I would say before KP got hired, I, I thought about leaving, but as soon as um, he got the job and I had those conversations with him, like, it was no way like I was gonna tell him that I wasn't coming back. So, um, and if I was, I mean, I just don't feel comfortable going to another school. I feel like Louisville is a place for me. Um, even through everything that's been going on, the coaching change, the records, everything like that. Like, I feel like if I'm gonna come back and go to college again, like I'm gonna come back to Louisville because like I didn't, I didn't finish the way I wanted to. Like I want to leave as a winner, um, and that's something I didn't get to do. So if college is gonna be the next option for me, um, then I'm coming back to Louisville. So he at least addressed that question. Now, obviously, everybody says that now. Uh, that's easy to say uh, now. You probably would have to sweat it at least a little bit. Uh, he certainly could be a piece. You know, on on a team that's looking for a boost or looking for a little bit extra or something, but you at least have him saying it now that if he does come back, he does want to stay here, and that's good. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, so that answers that that part of the question. When he was when the last call, Jose was talking about, um, like it doesn't matter what level of talent right. KP brings in. Like I, I don't like obviously he's he, he knows where he stands with me. I think it's an interesting question. Like I, I, I'm not out. I, I want to see Kenny Payne with with a good amount of talent, and and and. But you know where I stand. Everybody knows where I stand with this year and the amount of accountability I think he takes. And I'm not sold on him as a coach. I'm not going to say it in those terms or that harshly. Uh, but I understand the base sentiment. But don't under like I, no, it's not that far. I'm not saying like. Because that's that's just saying you're straight out on them. I'm not. I just it's a wait and see for me. All right, let's go ahead and take a break here because we have not done so in this hour. We'll come back. We'll continue on this discussion here on the drive on the Bell. Be right back. Metro College is a program that helps students pay for tuition, and I didn't believe it. You have to work third shift five days a week. It's a great and rewarding thing when you graduate. I would do it all over again, just like I just did. You know those buddies who magically become medical professionals when you're not at the top of your game? The ones who say, Come on, muscle through it. But then also say, Hey, you should probably see my specialist. Or surgery or pain meds. It's almost always false, false, and false. 
Athletico's physical therapists, the same therapists who work with professional athletes, can tackle those little aches and pains from the start before they become big ones. So next time, don't believe everything you hear. Instead, start with Athletico. Schedule your free assessment at athletico.com. You're listening to The Drive, presented by Fitness Market, right here on 93.9 The Ville. Now, here's Mark Ennis. And Biggest Biscuit, also known as Dave Skull. Welcome back into The Drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis, Dave Skull. Uh, here, a couple of texts in here very uh, quickly that I wanted to... Uh, respond to before we get back to the phones because we got a couple of folks that are, sure. are waiting. Uh, one said, uh, "Do you want Kennedy to be real, or do you want him? Uh, do you want him to say he's throwing L under the bus? It sounded like you want to have your cake and eat it too." Caller talking about Jose, uh, and I, I happen to agree with that. You can't when you say like he's throwing other players under the bus. There's there's an element of interpretation there that's that's saying. I think Kenny's the problem, and when he when he complains about L's work ethic, he's throwing L under the bus. And, you know, the question is, is Kenny right when he complains about what the various players are doing? Yeah. I think he, he probably, Dave, could have done himself a favor here. And this is maybe just part of the uh, getting used to, one, being on a team that's losing like this. But, two, being the, like, the guy who gives the quotes all the time or most of the time, uh, that he could have – I think he could have helped himself in terms of the accountability message – by saying everything, because it's not like Rick was ever hesitant to be critical of somebody. No. But bringing it, bringing that criticism sort of back around ultimately to himself. You know, if Kenny had said every single thing he had said all year about the players, I think he probably could have helped that message some by saying, but ultimately, you know, it's my responsibility or what have you. If he had just kind of brought it back to that. Right. It, you wouldn't be able to accuse him of throwing guys under the bus like this. Yeah, I think that, that it's it's that. Because like I, I don't have a problem with you. A lot of times, like and Rick would always he would use the media as a as a tool, you know, when he was uh, motivating his players and everything. But at the end of the day, like he would have praise for them when it was when it was um, warranted, and he would blame himself, you know, if they weren't ready for games and everything. You have to be part of that's learning how to be the head coach in the in the in the big chair and figuring out how to talk to the media and how to frame things and how to how to balance your comments and everything like that but on top of that i think that that and then the inconsistent messaging where it's like this guy's not doing this this and this but they're captains you know (laughs) and so like that was the other part of it it's like you know what man if if hersey's doing all the right things just put the c on his chest you know and whatever like just stop telling me that you know these guys are the captains and then complaining about eh, like you know City didn't show up in shape, and L doesn't play defense. You know what I mean? And I don't know. It's been it's it's been t- a tough year with messaging and PR from from Kenny's perspective. Yeah, I mean, we've had a year where two of the three captains have been described as coasting on defense or fighting conditioning, and it yeah. just like if I'm Josh Hurd, we're gonna have this meeting when the season's over. Uh, we, we're not Kenny. We're not doing any of that next year. Like you got to be, you know, on the on the front end as you're evaluating who you want to bring in or who you want to keep. We're not having conversations like this at this basic level at all. Like yeah. Next year, or effort level is assumed. Going hard in practice 
is assumed and it's all it's about results starting next year because these are going to be the guys that you picked knowing full well exactly what you have and what you need there's no more newness or anything that you get to hide behind and i don't mean that in a bad way i'm just saying like you get all the blame and you get all the credit that's what we're setting up for next year yeah i agree and 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 to be clear not to completely take but i would take l ellis back on this team next year i just think he should be for this team and for him in college he should be off the ball you know i don't think he should be our primary ball handler next year i don't think if he were to come back to college which i i personally don't think he's going to um I think he's best served in college, and this team is best served with him being off the ball, and he would have to play defense next year <laughs> if he yeah. came back. Among other things. That's yeah. exactly right. All right, we got a couple folks who've been waiting. I'll start uh, with Harold. Harold, thanks for waiting, buddy. Welcome into the drive. Long time to uh, speak. What's up? Uh, yeah, I want to just want to make a comment about L playing defense. And true enough, he's, he's – uh, lacking on defense, but, you know, for somebody to be averaging 39 minutes a game, yeah. uh, handling the ball, and no one else is showing that they can score, I mean, it's, it's you asking an awful lot. Now, I, I agree defense is part of, but he didn't have another running mate that he could depend on, like we had Peyton and Russ. They play defense in your face, but at the same time, you can look on them to somebody else to handle the ball and score. When you asking someone to average thirty nine minutes, and they the primary score because everybody else is turning the ball over, making mistakes, then to criticize a man for not playing defense, you asking an awful lot. I mean, that's like asking somebody to run every race at a track meet, but yet, hey, we need you to anchor and do more. I mean, it's just hard. And I, and I ran track in college. I don't know what you all did, but to just to say, hey. Somebody, you got to play, you got to be the primary ball handler, play defense for 39 minutes. That's a lot, you know. That's all I have to say. Yeah, I, I tell you, it, I, didn't, I didn't run track in college. Yeah. Well, <laughs> also, I don't – guess Guess who's going to tell him that he's got to play a lot of minutes and do what he's doing offensively and play defense? Any professional basketball team he might play for, like I'm, yeah. I'm sorry, like there's nobody that's going to agree if you play hard enough and are productive enough on offense, it doesn't matter what you do on defense. And I don't think that Carl's really saying that, uh, but like Harold, El, like this yeah. or Harold, excuse yeah, me, yeah. but like that's the point here is if L has aspirations on playing at, at the next level, there can't be questions about his defense. Like they're, they're just they're can't. I agree. Um, it's funny because Luke and I were just texting back and forth a little bit, and Luke did say like I wish they'd just play him thirty minutes a game. You know what I mean? And 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 give him a little bit more time. And I said, yeah, because you know, like if if you play him the entire game, and he may he's making a choice with his effort late. Because look, he, he has dead legs when he's shooting free throws late in the game too. Like it's it's been clear yeah. all season. Like he shoots. 85, 90% from the free throw line in the first 35 minutes of the game. You know, first 30 to 35 minutes of the game. Then down the stretch, his percentages are significantly lower, it seems like, on the season. Um, I do wish they would cut his minutes a little bit, but I I also agree with your point where, look, man, there's going to be nights in the – if you play in the next level anywhere, there's going to be nights where they ask you – like, even if you're on the court, you're going to have to play both sides of the – both sides of the court always. Both sides of the both ends of the court. Well, and the, the the problem with with L 
doing what he does and or does a lot. I'm not saying he is that, but is that when you're not having a good offensive game, you are now impacting the game in no way whatsoever. Sure. And, and he's, you know, everyone has to be prepared to sort of pick that other way of doing things up uh, or, you know, being a good defender and getting easy baskets or, you know, working a little harder on rebounding and just getting the ball out to somebody or just whatever, whatever it might be. And for L, it's like I'm either going to play the way I want to play on offense and then I'll give you whatever I have left for defense. Well, that's not – That's not how it works. That's not winning basketball. That's not how it works. I mean right. – even though he brought up Russ and Peyton, and like, yeah, they were running partners, but dude, it's not like one of them played defense hard in possession, the other one didn't. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not. They're both dogged all the time, and maybe they weren't always on the point. You know what I'm saying? But they were always. They just they didn't play. They didn't take possessions off. That's that's not how it works. And let's let's get uh, Philly Carl in here next. Philly Carl, thanks for waiting, buddy. Welcome in the drive. What's up? Hey, man, that, that last caller was spot on. Y'all got a lot of people disagreeing with y'all, man. Let me tell y'all why. First of all, L is a natural two. But even to your point, there is no – L is expect, L is 95% of the offense, and he's playing high minutes, and he's playing out of position. You can't expect him to go down there and be the lockdown defender. There is no team in the NBA – I'm glad you brought that up – where your leading scorer on the other end – is your defensive lockdown man on the other end? So yeah, I know y'all. He should pay. A, y'all talking about when he go to the NBA? No, no team. Jordan had Pippen. I mean, everybody's leading score. Luke is not the defender on his team. The the defender is never the lock is never the leading score. And that's what L is on this team. L is gonna be the leading score, leading minutes getter. Then you put him, and then and then out of that, then he's playing out of position because he's a natural two. And then you want him to go down there and play D. I mean, y'all y'all really being like really unreasonable, real talk. Uh, whoa, 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 Giannis, he exists, right? I mean, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are the two Kawhi best players Leonard, in the Clippers. Giannis, the Dwight best. Howard. Giannis, Giannis, Giannis is not the lockdown defender on his team. He's the primary scorer on that team. He's the, the NBA Defensive team. Player of the Year two years that's ago. Drew, that's Drew. He's not the lockdown defender, which y'all talking about. Lockdown okay, how did he win NBA Defensive Player of the Year and not be a saying. lockdown defender? I know what you're no, saying. I don't. Like perimeter know what lockdown. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are the two best perimeter, one, two of the best perimeter Rudy, defenders Rudy. in the league, and are the two leading scorers for the Clippers. Rudy Gobert won Defensive Player of the Year. He won lockdown defender. Well, what did I? Uh, well, we're talking about lockdown <laughs> defenders. We're talking about the wing defenders. We're I just told you, Paul George defenders. and Kawhi Leonard are the two be- like two best defenders and two best scorers in the Clippers. Now that 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 I might give you, Kawhi Leonard is the lockdown. That one I might give you. Kawhi Leonard is the lockdown. But here, but here's the flip Carl, side. Hey, Carl, hold on, hold on, Carl. Can we can we mix? Can we? No, that's true. Can we? Hey, hold on though. Can we maybe meet in the middle and say that it would? Like, I don't think any NBA player or whatever goes hard on the defensive in every single possession. Like I'm not, you know, unrealistic. He could be. He could play harder on offense or on defense. He could play harder. I think I think what it is though he, he could pro- even if I say he could play hard, he would he could probably play harder if he was playing 29 minutes a game and he was playing the two position then he could probably give you a lot more on D. Why I'm saying y'all are being unreasonable is because he has to play he has to give 39 plus minutes be the point guard and be 95% of the offense. That's 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 a lot. 
Well, to be fair, to be fair, Carl, I just said a few minutes ago, I wish they'd cut him to thirty minutes and play him off the ball. So. Yes, and then, I mean, you know, and then if he didn't, and then he probably would give you more D. That's what I'm saying. Then he would give you more D. But right now, how they're playing him out of position and that many minutes, he's giving you everything you got. But you, you know what, Carl? Hold on, though. At, at this point, Carl, thank you so much for the call, buddy. Uh, yeah, here's like, what I'll I, say. I just thank you for Carl. It's good. I, I, and I'm not. I don't. Go ahead. I, I don't agree with like any of that. But the biggest part of that is, like, at this point in the year, he's not 95% of the offense. And he's, like, he's not playing out of position th- anymore. He's been the point guard all year. Yeah. Like, that's, I'm sorry. Like, you want to say early on in the year maybe that's, like, a thing? But we played 30 games, and he's been anointed the point guard from the day that Kenny was hired. We're past saying that he's playing out of position. And and Jalen Withers played a full season out of position, and I don't think we ever talked about his effort level once. Yeah, but he wasn't asked to do as much. Like I understand that point, but I don't agree with it. You know, like it's it's, I, it's it's I don't know. And I, I've never watched a guy have a guy blow by him, but you know, man, he does a lot on offense. No it, one, right? No one, it's, no one. It's no wild. One it's. I wish that he played a few less minutes, but I don't. Like look at why don't we look at his his defensive effort in the first half and tell me that he's just saving it for the you know what I'm saying like these are excuses for the last five to ten minutes of the game even then they're not great but you know what I mean like that's well you, you, when your Dave, legs are fresh in the first half he's still not playing good defense that's right well you know what I'm saying like that that's yes. what that's that's kind of the point is that. You can you say can't he, buy indulgences for not trying. Right, him. like you could say, oh, he's gassed to do so much, and he's playing thirty nine minutes a game. It's like, yeah, dude, but he's not playing good defense in the first five minutes either. So, just he needs to play better defense, and maybe they need to ask less of him. Fine, that's why I said they should move him off the ball, get a true point guard if he comes back next year, move him off the ball, and cut his minutes to about thirty. And they probably would if we had other viable options. To bring him off the bench and spell him, but he is most of the offense. I just don't like to hear, yeah, but he's doing so much on offense, you can't expect him to play well on defense. It's like, yeah, I can expect that, especially in the first 5, 10, 20 minutes of the game before he's played 38 minutes and he's exhausted. You know, like it just, it's, it's, it's wild. Like I, 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 I agree that he's playing too many minutes, and it's a, it's a factor of our roster and the fact that we don't have anybody else really to put in instead of him, and he's carrying a lot of the offensive load. But to your point, that has changed some lately, and partially because he's edited his game a little bit on offense. But at the, at the end of the day, he doesn't play defense well in the first five or ten minutes. So I don't, I don't see where you're coming off, not you, but just the general, mm-hmm. where somebody could come off saying, like, oh, it's because he's tired or they're asking him to do too much. It's like, well, he's not doing it in the first five minutes of the game either. So uh, I don't know. And right, yeah, like the, the, so this texture is sorry. Like no one is saying be a lockdown defender, just give more effort and be adequate. Like that's actually the other part of this point is that we're not saying L's got to be the man on defense and the man on offense. He just right. can't be a net negative on the defensive end the whole game. Yeah, you look. You just can't have your coach be able to accuse you of coasting on offense. That's all we're saying. All right. <laughs> Russ Smith is rolling in his grave. The texter said, he's alive! 
Let's take a quick break here. We'll be right back on the drive on that time 